I mean, you know, there's something fucked up about being a wrestling fan. I... My name is Alexa, and this is Queen of the Ring. Today I'm very excited to announce my guest. His name is Phil Schneider. He is a writer for The Ringer and Segunda Caeda. He wrote the incredible book Way of the Blade, 100 of the Greatest Bloody Matches in Wrestling History. This interview is mostly me asking Phil a few questions and the conversation flowing on. He tells us a little bit about how he got interested in wrestling and death matches, and he talks about one of his favorite Bloody Women matches. I tell him in return about half of my favorite Bloody Match, which is a little sneak preview into what it's like having a conversation with me because I get so distracted. I have the brain of a young child or whatever. So I'm sorry for it being a little hectic in that regard. And I know if you clicked on this, by the title, you'll know what we're talking about and the the graphic nature it might get into, but I just wanted to preface a quick warning for folks, because there's talks about some pretty violent and gruesome things. I don't think it gets too far or anything, but it is a conversation about blood, so I wanted to give a heads up. I hope you enjoy. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here with me today. I really appreciate your time. Yeah, your sure, of course. It. It's so cool. I truly loved your book so much. I like, I just like owning something that has that type of detail in it too. Me and my boyfriend were going through it and just like, we were so stoked to have Oh, awesome. I'm glad to hear that. You know, you, yeah. you, you write something and you, when you're doing it, you don't, you kind of like say, well, I don't know if anybody's actually going to buy this or read it or you know like you know just i'm gonna i'm doing it i'm hoping i don't lose uh uh john snowden money uh so and hearing that people actually uh appreciate it and you know I've heard a lot of people would you know who i didn't have didn't know had been reading the stuff i've been writing for years it was really uh gratifying to hear that yeah i bet that like when a physical form of like your work is put out then people are buying it and you can kind of see it in such a clear way because you're like oh look at all these purchases of my book but like yeah. you can't all the views of your articles and such and like all of the things you work on and like the ringer and stuff is different yeah well that was all i mean the ringer stuff's all very new i, I was oh is it for yeah, you yeah I, mean, I, I just sure i just I've, I've only been working i've only been my first article for them is was in december and i only started uh writing regularly for them in january Oh, that's great. So uh, before that, I mean, I, we, we can talk about that, you know, when we... Yeah, when we get on, there. <laughs> when, on recording, I gotta, you, if you're not familiar with how I ended up doing this, I can kind of... I would love to hear it, please. I mean, when did you start getting interested in wrestling? Oh, God, I, I, I was probably uh, 10. I think I was 10, so it would have been, been right... I know it would have been right in between WrestleMania 1 and WrestleMania 2. So... so very important part of wrestling for right sure. so it would have been like a, a, a 80 because I, I i wasn't it was like 85 86 i guess would have been yeah. around the time when i started uh getting into it and mm-hmm. i think my dad introduced me uh to wrestling 
uh like he's he'd he'd seen that somebody had watched it he thought that i might like it big great i'm sure it's something he regrets now what did i what did i do (laughs) what what path did i send my son down but uh you're like uh, 30 years later (laughs) exactly 30 30 or 30 plus years later um but uh but yeah so and uh and i think you know we little when you're like that age and especially i think little boys get into this where they can get very fixated on things. I have a, a five-year-old son now and it's, it's similarly can oh. get very into things. And like, that's the thing he's super into now. And that, so, you know, I, uh, I think that's kind of what happened. That was, it became the thing that I was really into. And, you know, I would, I used to have like VCR and tape wrestling matches and make, I mean, it was funny. That's how I uh, make tapes of TV stuff. And, and then, you know, when, once I got a little older and into my uh, teenage, you know, teenage years and, college and things like that i started um taking there jap uh, founded japanese video store in my neighborhood at home crazy I, started, I got two vcrs and i started taping japanese uh, renting japanese television wrestling videotapes from that video store and then making uh some tapes of that tv and then trading that with people on from like this is like RSPW, like a Rex Sports. Crazy. This is what we're talking about. <laughs> and then after that, I started being able to get my hands on more things and I started to make uh mixtapes. Uh oh, Schneider cups. And this is how I this is how I paid for beer in college and rent when I was like in my twenties was by basically making uh wrestling mixtapes and they became pretty popular and you know you'll still see uh, you know, I, I'll have, I'll be, you know, get in touch now that I'm doing my, my podcast part of this book, people who bought the tapes for me, you know, 20 years ago, That's wrestlers, so cool. I sold tapes to Brian Danielson and Chris Hero and all those guys, you know, like even before they were wrestlers would buy tapes for me. And, uh, then I, you know, the big thing was around that time, uh, I was part of starting the death Valley driver, which was probably one of the biggest, uh, wrestling message boards of that era. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is so important for that time period within like the internet becoming something that is a part of everybody's daily life. But like the message boards were so like niche, so specific and so kind of unifying for people. Like, yeah. And death Valley driver was something that had like, I think some, a weird, weirdly outsized influence on rather way wrestling has gone for a thing that was started by me at a temp job. And, um, but Dean Rasmussen, obviously, I don't know if you've heard of him, but he's like the guy who kind of started it was the, when we do these big reviews and we try to, you know, our big thing was we wanted to showcase everything. So it was Mexico and Japan and independence. And, you know, we were just, we were, we were uh, any kind of wrestling we could find, we would write about it and, and, you know, yeah. so, so that was kind of my, and then, uh, at some point I started Saguna Kaido, which is the blog that I've been doing for with uh, a couple of buddies of mine for, I don't know, 12, 15 years now. We put out something every day on, on Segunda Caída. Um, uh, with, originally with my friend uh, Tom Karagasner, who I'm writing my next book with, and then uh, Eric Ritz, who's right, working on a book of his own, and he's he does Same. that with me. And uh, and so that's sort of how I – and then, you know, when uh, John Stone, who published the book and wrote a great Shamrock biography, the people should read if they if they uh hear this um okay mm-hmm. he sort of i noticed on twitter that he was sort of thinking about trying to publish other books in addition to self-publishing his own and he, he was the guy who written other you know total mma and worked for bleach report and had some media cachet but also he was a guy who i knew from like the 
kicking around the message board days. Like I, he was a yeah. guy I, I, I banned for a week for trolling people at Death Valley Driver in like 2003. So he's a guy I knew. So I go, so I, so I hit him up and said, Hey, John, I would, I think it would be fun for me to write a book. And he obviously said, Oh yeah, man, absolutely do it. And that's kind of how the project started. And then he hooked me up with Chris Bryan, who does all the art in the book, which is which incredible. Is so incredible. It's so beautiful. Like the way that he shows texture within like what the blood looks like, since it is those like those drawings that are so like, you know, pencil almost. It's so beautiful to see like the, the I, I, love it. I mean, I, so my writing's fine. I'm okay at it. I, I think the, 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 the reason you buy the book is is the art, and I say some things about some wrestling. I make some jokes, and it's fine. But 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 Chris is like, Chris is like he's he's the talent of the group. I'm I'm, I'm just a guy, I'm just a guy who tags along. He's working That's on the humble. he's working on the next book with me. I mean, we're gonna do Way to the Blade too. I, I oh, I'm just sick. gonna keep keep working with him as long awesome. as he'll keep working with me because I just <laughs> I, I love his. His, he's so talented and I love his art so much. Yeah, so. it's so cool. So when you were starting to, you know, like get, uh, you found the Japanese video store, like you were saying, is that when you got introduced to Bloody Matches? Because I know that there were like, you know, wrestling magazines where like, you know, I mean, those I think covers I, were just so bloody with like Ric Flair's. You're like, I, I think that in your book, you quote uh, his bleach blonde bloodstained hair, which is just <laughs> exactly every time I see any super bleach blonde bloody ass wrestler like they're just stained it's just so powerful to see but i when you said it like that i was like exactly those wrestling magazines are like yeah it was, so it bloody was wrestling magazines for me for sure i mean that was the thing that like i said you know when you get really into things i would i would have like get you know pro wrestling illustrated and, and wrestling eye yeah. i'd have a big stack of them in my room if i got some spare money for allowances and things like that my mom used to just drop this is the this is the 80s so your parents were <laughs> my mom just used to drop me off sometimes at this huge newsstand in downtown Oakland called Delowers. And I used to just sit on the floor of Delowers reading wrestling magazine. My mom would go run errands. Like a 12. She's like, uh, babysitter, please. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> She's the, the Delowers newsstand was the babysitter. She just dropped me off there and go run errands and come back yeah. an hour later. And I'd be, you know, reading about all. So there, a lot of that spot. stuff. And that's a lot of that stuff, you know, you was hard you couldn't see, right? It's like you can get your hands on Florida or Memphis or, or, you know, we, I had, would watch, you know, started out watching the WWF and then became much more into the NWA, you know, Flair, Dusty and Rock and Roll Express. And that had blood, you know, those promotions had blood and and you would also, you know, be, you'd convince your parents to go to a video. There was used to be a thing called video stores. You're younger than you. So you used to have to go to the video stores. You try to, you could go, you could get some wrestling videos at places like Blockbuster, but to get like the good stuff, you had to go to like the video stores that were like, you know, the, all their profit margins were porn and they had videos. (laughs) tapes up in front that like you could rent too, but like nobody could also write Ghostbusters. But most of the money was porn. But they also would they'd be the ones that would have, you know, I want to hurt people, or they'd have the war games, or they'd have the so pro wrestling illustrated Lords of the Ring. So that was the big like, that was kind of how it really, you know, before the Japanese stuff even you know, it was it was wrestling magazines. It was Dusty Rhodes on the cover of Wrestling Eye with this whole guy covered in blood. It was watching NWA, watching totally. horror games, watching Ric Flair, those those kind of things were the things yeah. that really connected to me. Those video stores are so funny. I wonder the, the Venn diagram of the people that are going there, like who what they have in common that is like porn wrestling and then everything I mean, in between. I mean it's funny. I just I don't I wrote uh 
like I think uh, we mentioned a little earlier, my, I have a new gig. I'm working for The Ringer, which is, you know, really kind of a dream come true job because I get to do, I mean, there isn't any other, I don't know if there's any other job that pays people to do the specific thing that I've been doing for 20 years, which is, which is going deep on like wrestling. Matter. I mean, there are other people I think make money writing about wrestling, but it's usually like, you know, recapping a Tony Khan press conference or doing a raw review, which is that kind of stuff just interests me. Not at all. I'm going to do it to get money, but, but you know, like, you know, that was the job that was going to pay me. I would do it, but I actually have a job where I get to do, Way of the Blade shit, Sagunda Kaida shit, Death Valley Driver shit on a huge platform on one of the you know websites that I've been reading since they started. So it's a real thrill for me to do that. And I'm uh, you know, I've I kind of each week I'm kind of like nervously going, like, okay, is, is it gonna let me do this next week? So I just started. So I like, think let me do this next week, but it, so it's, it's like they published something today. Yeah. As far as I know, I'm working on something next week. So we'll keep it, we'll keep it uh my, it bugs my wife, I think, that I'm as nervous about this. You're just tonight. like treading, like yeah, it's like, oh, make sure this is gonna be okay. Um, but I one of the things I wrote, we talked about the, the weird, I don't know how we got on this subject, the weird sort of interaction between like you know, ported technology in some way, right? How like the VCR was something in some ways that was, you know, flooded by that and how, you know, internet too. And I wrote about the, you know, the, the gig on the ringers that I write about a match uh, from each of, from one from WWE, one from AEW and one from anywhere else in the world. And my anywhere else in the world match this week was AC Mack versus Masha Slamovich from Action Wrestling in Georgia. It's a really cool promotion in Georgia. And I wrote a little about intergender wrestling and how that's become a thing. Mm-hmm. And it's, I don't think for the most part, it's presented at all in an exploitive way. I think most promotions tend to promote it in a really kind of positive, you know, uh, progressive way. But it's fueled by the fact that if you look at Beyond Wrestling's uh, YouTube page, uh, Chris Dickinson versus Addy Starr has three, I think it was 350 million hits. And Chris Dickinson versus um, Matt Mikowski, which is an excellent match. It's got Chris Dickinson in it. Great match. Loved it. At 9,000. So there is something to be said. For, and there, so there's a fair amount of like the, the, the growth in, in wrestling is weirdly fueled by the fact that there are a lot of, you know, people clicking on uh, that Addy Star Chris Dickinson match multiple times for period reasons. For, we'll for varying reasons. For varying reasons. We'll so the same them. way, the same way that I was able to rent, uh, rent, uh, Lord, the Pro Wrestling Illustrated Lord of the Rings uh, videotape from a, a, a store that was had it almost purely financed by the room in the back with the curtain. <laughs> in some ways, I get to see cool beyond wrestling matches with guys like Matt Mikowski because. They're making a fair amount of money from putting up your uh, your intergender Chris Dickinson kicking Addy Star in the chest and totally. face. I I love an intergender match. Like I love a good um like I just watched one from Lucha Underground a few that was from a few years ago before they became um defunct, I think. That was uh John Morrison versus Sexy Star, who is a luchadora. And it was like just still like the the coolest thing. Like they just both were moving off each other so incredibly and I was like there's a place for intergender matches that like isn't 
isn't as um, explored in mainstream modern wrestling, like right this very moment. Yeah, um, I, I kind of get why AEW and WWE don't do it, but yeah. it, it can be done well. I mean, I, you should watch the check out I I IWTV subscription, but if you don't, you should probably get one. And then uh, you should check out a uh, Masha Slamovich AC Mag, which is really, really cool. And they're doing a, uh, and, and they're doing kind of a fun thing in that promotion where uh, AC Mack has taken that, the IWTV world title and sort of held it hostage in the Southeast and saying, I'm not defending it anywhere else. Anybody wants to come and take the title can come to Georgia, can come to tennis, Chattanooga, Tennessee, totally. can come uh, um, to North Carolina and fight mm-hmm. me for that title. So it has this kind of cool thing where if he comes to New England or if he comes to Connecticut or if he comes to New Jersey, he's a heel. Mm-hmm. But if he's in Georgia or if he's in Tennessee, he's a, he's a huge, like, beloved uh, baby face so it hasn't really could yeah. so this was this was Slimovich kind of trying to regain the belt for the northeast so it had a cool atmosphere because you know like i think i wrote about this in peas where you don't like in wrestling genuine invested emotion isn't really there nearly as much as it was you know when i first started watching but most part people who are watching wrestling matches aren't are watching to appreciate the performance of the people who are performing and less about I want to see this person uh, murder this other person, or I want to see the person who I followed and, and have invested in emotionally win a match. It's just not really. really there as much. And it's one of the things that made wrestling makes wrestling as an art form so cool and unique is that you could have that sort of invested emotion in something that's a performance, right? Yeah. Like you have like the great, great wrestling moments through history. You'll have people treating a, a title win the way they treat a college basketball, their co- hometown alma mater college basketball team winning a championship or a, a football team they've been following their whole lives winning. They have that emotional reaction. You don't have that emotional reaction, uh, you know, totally to Othello. If you go see Othello, right. You don't have that emotional rea- uh, emotional reaction to a ballet, right. People aren't going to be like, Oh my God. You know, in their seats just screaming like yeah you know, that doesn't happen it's it's something that's as for a narrative art form it's something that's unique to professional wrestling it's the cool totally. thing and it's something that is not i mean it's it's not nearly as present i think for the most part in the i mean i don't know you could there's a million reasons why but you don't yeah. usually see that kind of investment in it's this so guy winning this match as yeah. opposed to like i love watching this show I'm going to go to an indie show and watch. I'm going to watch AEW because I love AEW and I like rooting for both these guys and you both rule and this is awesome. It's less. It's less like God. I hope Dusty Rhodes murders Ric Flair, which totally. is the stuff I grew up on. Right? Like I want to see totally. this. I want to see Dusty kill this guy. Yeah. I want to. And but but the action, the action match. You know, a lot of those people were in there rooting for their the the hero of the you know the the hero of the south the hero of the southeast to make sure that he keeps that belt and it had that kind of atmosphere which you just don't see that much anymore so and, and it was one of the things that I love about wrestling. yeah to like exact to just confirm what you're saying like wrestling is so unique with their audience because the audience informs so much of what would happen and what could happen you know that is like more rare because it's so instantly gratifying like the audience is there they're gonna fucking tell you if they don't fucking like it they're gonna tell you if they do you know so it's like this right. really crazy give and take I feel like the from the the ring to the audience like I watched Revolution last night I don't know if you did for AW 
I was on the. If anybody wants to listen to me on the Ringer Wrestling uh, Post Show uh, for oh, Revolution, sick. I was on the Ringer Revolution oh, Post awesome. Show. Post Show for Revolution. I was up very late last night because I the show ended. I, I'm I'm not on the East Coast, thank God, but I am on. I'm in the, I'm in Mountain Time, so I think the show ended at like at like so ten, and then they did. We did the post show for an hour, and then I wrote because I because one of the things I wrote about in my column this week, which is available on the ringer.com, uh, is Moxley Danielson. So as soon as the post show was done, I like then wrote Immediately until got like, to oh, till, yeah, it's like 1245 in the morning. Like wee hours. I, I have little kids. I, I used to stay up that late, but now I'm usually in bed by like 1030 or 11. I'm not like up Only to like for this. <laughs> one in the morning typing about wrestling. That's what I was doing. Last night. Yes, yeah, I saw revolution. I thought it was pretty good. It was. I thought it was good too. I liked it. Like the yeah. the the blood of it all was interesting to me. I, I was curious to ask you. Um, this is a little bit like going off of what I wanted to ask you originally, but we're here, so I'm here. But Riffin. like WWE does not allow like any blood. It seems to be or blading for sure. Uh, it seems to be at this moment right now. Um, do you think? Although. Although Roman Reigns was, uh, Brock Lesnar was covered in blood. On covered in blood. Night, so maybe, maybe they changed their body. Covered in blood. I don't, I was like, Ooh, this is very random for you guys. This is out of nowhere. <laughs> like, I feel like throughout your book, you kind of like, you like touch on the fact that like blood tells a story. Blood can really assist in like how you get through a story in a match and like what it can do and the, like the emotion it brings out of people, you know? But like, do you think that AEW is kind of, do you feel more drawn to them because of the the blood of it all? Or like- I don't know if it's because of the blood. I, you know, I, I do think at this point. Um, oh, it's interesting. I, you know, I, I have the, the the job I've got now. One of the things it it sort of requires of me is that I watch a lot of WWE TV because one of the things I'm trying to do is find something cool on WWE TV every week. So part of the and I've got the kind of you know like I'm somebody who is like. Ugh. I don't have OCD, but, it, but it's got the tendency where I'm not going to just like half-ass something like that. It's like, well, fuck, I guess I got to watch Raw, which is not something I've been doing in much of my life for a long time. Because I'm somebody who, for the most part, I mean, the writing that I've been doing and the things I've been enjoying more is like, well, I want to go find, oh, look, somebody put Panamanian Lucha Libre from the mid-80s up on YouTube. Well, let me go find the best Panamanian Lucha Libre, but nobody else is watching that. And telling people so sick. So I'm going to fucking f- watch all that. And tell you that this thing is the coolest. Sato Khan is the coolest dude from Panama in the 80s. Or, or, you know, uh, let me tell you all about how cool uh, Inca Parado is from France in the 60s. That's like my kind of shit. So I haven't really. So, yeah, I mean, I don't. For the most part, up until this year, really, I had been very sporadic in watching wrestling TV for Mm -hmm. years. Like, I'll catch something my partner at Sunguda we do an ongoing match of the year list so we like to try to catch the big things and he yeah. he'll watch a little more and then say Phil you got to watch this match from NXT and then I'll grumble and have it sit in drafts for a month and a half and eventually he'll pester me to write it and I'll watch it I usually enjoy it but but uh so I didn't really watch much of that st- much of that and there's cool stuff I found cool, cool stuff every yeah. week but yeah AEW's doing but I don't know if it's the blood more than they've just you know they've got they're bringing in guys who i who i've invested in guys you know totally kingston punk danielson those are those are those are my dudes you know i I was somebody who went to a ton of roh show roh shows in the in the in that sort of starting period now they're being absorbed into aew that's being absorbed in aew is that an interesting feeling for you do you yeah sure i think it's coming it's a promotion that i also kind of 
fell out of, you know, outside of the start of, you know, I was really into it initially. And then, you know, I, but it's something for the last couple of years I've been only sporadically looking at too. But yeah, no, it's neat. I mean, I, you know, I, I think it's, it's going to be, it's a better place for that thing. Cause I think that that's, it's yeah. not just going to be, you know, thrown on what it would see in punk say last night. It's going to be on a, on some tab on a terrible uh, interface website. Like it would have been the WWE bought it. Totally. Say, I mean, I, you know, they're, they're doing, I mean, that the show last night, uh, I mean, they, they were doing all kinds of historical callbacks in a way you just don't see punk With came everything. out punk coming out to afi and in his old oh, seriously that was me and my boyfriend were like whoa They're like this is great and then did you see someone tweeted something funny that was like this is the first time that afi has ever been paid for this song officially. exactly they actually got a check they just got i was like davy havoc <laughs> davy havoc is just like sitting in his little like his, his little front room and he gets a check he's like thank you yeah, tony Khan's <laughs> so. Con- got i mean he's got a lot of money i'm sure oh, that he's, he's not he's not sweating he's he just wrote the fucking check to AFI without that. that exactly. that's, that's like me or you buying a burrito and buying the rights <laughs> to that song as far as the percentage of our, our of our income. I don't know. Maybe you're a, a thought, secret but, millionaire. Oh, but okay. but uh, with the percentage of the income you've used to pay AFI, that was like, you know, okay. But yeah, that was cool. I mean, I, there's even other little stuff. I mean, I think uh, MJF, MJF was wearing a Jimmy Rave embassy robe i don't know if you ever remember jimmy rave in the embassy from that period but they they, rave and rave who just passed away started tragically passed away a a couple months ago but rave and punk had this really cool feud in roh that culminated in a dog collar match and if you looked at the robe that mjf was wearing that was i I mean i think maybe that was was coincidence but it it it. felt like it felt like he was doing a jimmy rave shout out i mean so you just don't see that kind of like Totally. I mean, they, 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 they don't do that kind of histor- historical stuff, which in a lot of ways is the way, you know, stories are being told now, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, if you watch a Marvel movie, they're talking about 50 million different characters from different, totally. you know, oh, did you recognize this guy from a comic book from this? You had to read this comic book. You had to have, you know, watch this, this streaming series to understand exactly what's going on in this movie. It's kind of the way that things are done in entertainment now. Yeah. If people have the internet, you can they can look shit up if they don't understand it. And I think AEW is doing that kind of stuff in a way that WWE really Never has. WWE, for, I mean, they, they did some of it, I think, with, with NXT before the change. But for the most part, WWE is a promotion that will bring Harley Race in and never reference the fact that he'd been wrestling for 25 years before he put on the purple king robes. Or, you know, like, or Dory Funk Jr.'s name is Hoss all of a sudden. And it's like, Dory Funk was the, you know, like, so with that kind of thing, we just don't ever, don't ever, the, the world stopped. There's no previous history at all for any of this. That's the way it's been going on since I was a kid, right? You know, they- so funny. That's so funny. Like he just randomly is not Dory Funk Jr. anymore, and everyone's like, "I must forget. I have to." Boss Funk. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. that reminds me, like, to get into like why I really love the way you structure your book for exactly what you're saying. Like, because you put context and then you describe each of the combatants and then the fight itself, and that's so important when you're reading about like wrestling in general, I feel like, because you are going into it knowing all of these previous details. Like, you know the person, you know what they've been going through if you're a fan of them. You know what I mean? Like, you know this company, you know what they've been going through. There's all these really small details and like the way that you structure it, I feel like it's just a good way to tell a story about wrestling. And, and I just, and I knew that nobody, even the true freaks, 
who are buying my book weren't going to be familiar with every match in there. I just I, I didn't do it. I mean, there, there were some matches in that book that I just like, I'd be in three other people have seen this match, but it's awesome. And if like 15 other people read my book and then watch it, that would be a cool thing to do. So I did either, I had to put some context in about NWA anarchy and what had been going on into the war game feud for that to make any sense to anybody. And, and you know, and I would do the same thing for something like Bret Hart, Steve Austin, because maybe there's some people pick up my book who aren't familiar with that kind of thing or aren't familiar with Tully, uh, Magnum T, even though those two things are in kind of my mind, iconic, canonical wrestling matches. But there are people who aren't 45 who read that book, right? Like, there are people like, you know, like, that's the thing. It's like, I'm not, a, you know, I conscious the fact that I'm an old person at this point, not necessarily uh, representative of, you know, I'm sure there are wrestling, you know, people who are really in AEW now and no idea that CM Punk was ever even in ROH. But the history of it is so important for wrestling. So like when you, like when we talk about WWE not being interested in that part of it, like Dory Funk Jr. just randomly becoming Haas, like it's just, it feels weird because wrestling is so much about um, you know, like looking back to your inspirations, looking back to the people before you and like, you know, there's so much like familial importance in wrestling, you know, like wrestling families, like, right. you know, the hearts, a million other people like that are just so important. But like that context is so necessary to like when you're going into it being like, this is what you're going into. This is what you're seeing. And like this story yeah. concludes here. Or even if it's not necessary, it certainly is. I mean, when done well, could really elevate what's being told, right? Like it can be that kind of, you could enjoy something like CM Punk, MJF last night without understood, without knowing the history of what was going on. But the fact that if you did know the history of what was going on and you heard the first beats of that AFI song, you'd be like, oh shit. Like, yeah. which is what I was last night. I was kind of like marking out. I was like, yes, you know, they wrote the check to AFI. That's excellent. And you heard the music and you saw the gear and the, basketball shitty basketball shorts he used to wear and you got like i said it's like okay this is and i mean that was a feud that was all about like history right that was all about mjf being a uh you know a kid looking up to cm punk and roh and, and that was the cm punk he looked up to and that would make sense that that's the cm punk that's going to come out and and fight this fight so it, it was really? appropriate i mean i that wasn't my favorite match of the night, but I, I loved the presentation of it. God, there was too many fucking options for a favorite match. Like that one couldn't have been it, even though it was a dog collar match. It was bloody, but like it was just even right before like the the Brian Danielson and John Moxley match. That was just like that's what it, that's what I picked and wrote about it at the Did Ringer. You? I I thought that was incredible. I mean, but that's my kind of thing. Like I as that kind of gritty, hard, violent grappling that's that yeah. that's my if that's my sweet spot in a lot of ways as a professional wrestling yeah that's the kind of thing that even more than like bloody brawls like i'm a guy who, who you know you know johnny valentine and 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 uh and regal and finley and yuki ishikawa and and ikeda yeah. we go we haven't talked that much about women's wrestling even though it was about aja kong yukamiko hada shinobu kandori you know that yeah. kind of stuff when we get into like women doing the bloody matches, it's like people, I don't know. There was something I was researching like legalization of women's wrestling when it was a lot of bands were being, you know, Im implanted, implanted, implanted in like the fifties, sixties uh, in the United States and stuff. And it just felt like, um, like, 
they thought that a woman like having the same type of strength as a man was like looking at a dog walking on a hind legs. Like they're just like, this lady can't be bloody. Like, what are you talking about? This is, this is completely out of our, like out of our depth. Like we can't imagine this small Megumi Kudo, like petite lady, like throwing herself into this 200 volt rope, like barbed wire rope. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. And and, you know, I, it was really crazy. I, I was thinking about Thunder Rosa versus um, versus Britt Baker because we I, I did a uh, well, I recorded a my podcast Wave the Blade, which kind of talks about stuff bloody matches in my book mostly. But we did kind of a, a an off brand thing last week where me and Eric from Sukaki had talked about the year in blood twenty twenty one. So we talked about our favorite stuff from because the book was written before that, so nothing to the book from that. But we talked about uh, Britt Baker, Thunder Rosa. And it was just how crazy it was that you had a match that with women that bloody on television. Because I just don't know if that had, we were trying to think whether that had ever happened before. I don't know if I had there'd ever been a, a tell of a women's match on American television with blood in it. Yeah, not the American one thing I could think of was the time Aja this is going back a little bit. The time Aja Kong broke Chaparita Sari's nose on Raw. Do you ever do you ever yes, see that match? I did I actually did because I just put out an episode about her last week and I I talked about it a little bit because I was like she fucked her up. <laughs> yeah, then like, you would just like hear accidental. you could hear Vince go, my goodness. And then like immediately he was clearly going back and saying, we're firing both <laughs> we're never Never bringing either of those women back. Literally. <laughs> as soon as you heard the crunch, it was like, he was like, ah, no, 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 no. <laughs> he was like, these Japanese women wrestlers are too much for, these Joshis are too much for me. I was thinking, I think, I'm trying to remember this. Stephanie, did she bleed in her match with Vince? Oh. I know he bled in that. He bled. He bled, which is interesting. I actually don't know. Oh, that's I'm so trying. Cool. I was just trying to think of that. That wasn't TV. That was pay per view. Yeah, I was trying to think of that of like your other times where that might have happened. Yeah, no, but that is so. That is interesting because like that's Japanese, fucking weird. So fucking weird. That's just like oh, weird. Like Freud would have been like, please, yes. like <laughs> Freud's like, may I be in the front row for this <laughs> for this match, please? <laughs> like I have to watch this shit. <laughs> but it's just like I don't know. There's something about women bleeding that I think really like throws people for a loop or something sure. also, so i think it was i mean totally ballsy of aew to do that like totally I was, wow that, i mean i could easily see that where you could do bloody men's matches and you could have nick gage show up on rampage and, and maybe be okay but the idea of of, of like Britt baker getting thumbtacks jammed your bloody hat or something like that i, mean, I was i was I, when i saw that i was like wow that is that is uh that's somebody who is uh must be relatively confident in yeah. their uh, television partnerships. Totally. It's, like, it's you're like so when true. you saw that, you're like, oh, okay, this is going to stick around for a while because <laughs> there's no way that he would do this if they, there was any sort of any sort of wiggling in that relationship. If he was concerned about being yeah. renewed. He would not be having this. She would not be sticking her bloody fingers into a bloody mouth. Like the, the, you, once you see that, you're like, okay, yeah. I mean, he's they're happy with him over at Turner, clearly, because <laughs> they're giving him the red light for this, or he can, feels like he could do it. Yeah, or he has the he has the 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 uh, the amount of power, I guess, that he can. Shit, he's got fuck you money too. Right? Yeah, he did. Oh god, he has so much fuck you money, and Sorry. I just ugh, that's just the only dream, right? Fuck, but yeah. I. I don't know. I mean, it's was, it's hard for I, it's hard for rich people not to be kind of screwed up. I don't know. <laughs> like, you know I don't know. I I mean, I mean so you always think, oh man, it'd be nice to have that much money. But I, like, do I want my kid to be the son of a billionaire? Those kids tend to be really screwed up. No, I mean, I, I I know Tony. Tony's a good dude, but I mean, I just for the most part, as a rule, your kids of rich people tend to be screwed up. And I or just, just if minimum weird, they just tend yeah. to be kind of a weirdo, and you're just like. Yeah. 
in like whatever way that might take. I don't know if my if I'm, my kids are escaping weirdos. That doesn't seem like that's likely. But they're definitely going to be weird kids. I mean, I I just I guess I'm like I don't know any rich people like that. <laughs> yeah, I, so I'm like I mean, the, it's just like alien. They they grew up on like a different planet than me. That is like yeah, feels no, I mean, completely I, different. I, I, yeah, I don't. I mean, I worked for a little while. I, I did. I tutored a, a Saudi uh, prince for a while when I lived in Washington D.C. So I was involved. I knew him. Okay. Uh, Phil Schneider, was, teacher of Saudi Prince. <laughs> for like what for a couple for a couple, yeah, like a little while ago. I I, I so my funny. job before I I you know I still have the job as was I, he I, nice? I teach. He was he actually was pretty nice. He wasn't a dick. He okay, was I mean it was hard to get him to study. Just like, you know, <laughs> like he's like, oh no, I'm gonna fail out of college. What do I do? His <laughs> so friendship. Like, yeah. yeah, I mean, just kind of like you went around and kind of like spoke pot all day and like fucking go to clubs. It wasn't like necessarily that it invested in his education. So that was a little difficult as a I don't tutor. Think he needed but to but be. was he was not a dick. He was not a dick. He was yeah, like a he's nice, making your nice, job hard. <laughs> yeah, but you know, they were paying me really well. I didn't even so care crazy. that much. I mean, as long as they kept the money coming i would yeah. you know, it's good. Okay. like i get really invested when i, I mostly teach law uh prospective law students i teach the lsat um and oh, th- a lot of those kids i'm like very invested in how well they do and oh they i didn't know that you were studying law at one point or were you that's employed? good at tests oh really you're just a good test taker yeah Damn, um that is so that, such a rare quality so yeah so that's what I, that was my normal that's my i guess i don't know that's what i've been doing for many years and i work for a law school as well oh, wow. uh but uh so those kids i'm really often very invested in how well they do and i'm really you know eager to get them into and they were a little less invested when i was doing the print i mean not that he was not i didn't care i was just like he doesn't he's fine he doesn't seem to care that much they the people paying me don't seem to care I mean, it's like the, the investment is but not a jerk and i know and i know tony khan okay uh, I've had some conversations with him, and you know, we, he's he's a guy who posted on the Death Valley Driver message board. He's a message board so guy from arm. You know, he was like from when he was like a kid. So he's a guy, and he's he's also a nice guy. So those actually the only two billionaires I've ever met are nice. But I just don't think that, I think that's not a representative sample. Is my suspicion. Your N of two is like yeah. absolutely. Yeah, yeah they're, they're all they're all nice guys. Did you see um, just yesterday? I think that Brian Danielson, someone had like a quote of his that was like when I was debating whether or not I was going to renew my WWE contract, I basically like looked at Vince and I was just like, I want to bleed. And he was sick. Oh, I love it. (laughs) It's so sick. He was like, I want, it's so funny. He was like, I want to be with my family more and I want to bleed. And Vince was like, I cannot give you the second one. Can't do it. Like, I'm not going to give it to you ever basically. And Brian was like, okay, I'll take my talents elsewhere. Then my priority is to get this shit bloody. Like yeah. this is this is what Which I just funny because you know I don't really I mean I don't think of him as that I mean he had some bloody matches in the Indies but not that many I mean he didn't have any I didn't put any in my book I I probably should have put one well you when you put a book one. together like that the first thing you do as soon as it's sent to the printer is you have fifty to a hundred regrets and things that you wish you had done differently that, that's the way it is with a lot of every time I send any article or send out something I immediately start thinking now. Oh, I you could that better. I could have done that better. That or you know, I do a podcast like that. It, I had missed that joke. I didn't really hit that line. And you know, like the book, it was like it's funny. We're talking about. I mean, women's. I was like, I think the big, absolutely the hundred, the the biggest error in my book was not doing a Chigusa Dump Matsumoto match. Like as soon as I, as soon as somebody mentioned, hey, Seriously. why didn't you put it? Do a Chigusa Dump Matsumoto match? I was just like, fuck, why didn't I? What a what a stupid thing. How could I not have done that? What a what a dumb dumb I am. But do you have your like, second oh, one. 
I gotta yeah, say, I, I, that's already on the spreadsheet for book two for sure. I mean, I'm definitely gonna write about Chikinskaya. I mean, like nuts that I did in the first time. So I mean, because we talked a little earlier about emotion. I mean, talking, you know, no wrestling matches maybe in history had as much emotional investment from the crowd as those matches had. I mean, just absolutely, so people, you know, teenage girls sobbing at ringside as Chikinskaya is getting carved up and screaming. And those are in you know, Don Matsumoto. I mean, as as great as anyone in wrestling history is, is of being like a menacing force. I mean, she Completely. Was just so grand. Chigusa just yeah. is as great as anyone ever is an under dog baby face. So yes. So true. And like the, the massive heel versus the massive face is just like so yeah. gratifying, especially those, those poor teenage girls. <laughs> oh, just absolutely. <laughs> Living and dying with every, I mean, you just don't, you don't see every that anymore, right? I mean, where, where in wrestling do you have, you have, are you going to have a match where people are going to be crying? Uh, I don't, I don't think it, it doesn't rare. really exist. It's pretty it's rare. Very it's rare. It not, really it's not, not for the better. I mean, I think that, you know, when you watch something like that, you're like, oh man, this is what an incredible experience it is even to be watching this you know, 40 years later, 40 totally years, I guess, huh? Jesus, God, 40 years later when, uh, when you're watching something like a video of something like that. And, uh, so yeah, that's, I don't know how I got into my regrets, but that's my biggest regret for, uh, for the book is that I did not have that match in there. Uh, yeah. it'll definitely be a way of play too. But that's so cool that you can keep going with this because there is so many to talk about. Like way of the blade too, is just a natural, like, like well, you know, my it, fucking AEW is is running. Is people are carving each other up every week now. They are, I don't, uh, they are making the book for you. They're yeah, like, Sir, I don't know if we're gonna have a book that's gonna be you know twenty five matches from AEW in the last year because they're all a lot of really you know not just well, I mean there's you know uh, uh, Brian Danielson, John Moxley, incredible match. Uh, CM Punk, Eddie Kingston is one of my favorite matches of the last ten years. I mean, they've really done some things that with with that have blood in them that are worthy of being in there. I mean, I uh, so yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of it's been a good we we did the year of blood in 2021. It was it's a good year for good year for the red back on national TV. There's been cool stuff. I mean, my favorite match uh, all of last year. Uh, this is really this is where you really really realize what a weird weird niche weirdo I am. Uh, was um, Mr. Condor versus Black Terry in Zona Twenty Three, and I don't know if you, you know what Zona Twenty Three is. So Zona Twenty Three is a promotion in Mexico that's run in a junkyard. So these guys they put a ring in a junkyard, and these guys and they have the blue stores wrestle in junkyards and frequently slam each other through windshields and hit each other with car bumpers and black Terry and Mr. Condor. I, I imagine you're not familiar with either of those guys. Mr. Condor is 64 years old. Black Terry, but the, and the fresh faced youngster in this match, black Terry is 69. Black Terry is in my book a bunch of times. So I, you can read up a, I, and I could have done, a, I could have done 10 more black Terry matches, but uh, it, it's like, uh, you know, I'll, I'll I'll send you a like. It is. It's not very long. I mean, it's not obviously not very long. <laughs> yeah, these guys go forty five. No, uh, but you know, but they've been is, uh, you know, just uh, about the most hellacious, wild, insane fist fight you've ever seen. Just so good. And like we see Sting, sixty two years old, going through those three tables yesterday. That's not fucking shit compared to this. What you're saying? Black Terry, like, Black Terry took a fuck. Yeah, no, Black Terry took a goddamn pane of glass to his hair. He's sixty nine. Oh. 
No, I mean, that's why people are going nuts about Sting. It's like, I watch Lucha. There's some, there's some old-ass guys in Lucha having incredible, doing incredible shit. I saw Negro Casas live in Denver. You know, like, I'm a bad but, You know, he's he's in his 60s. He's, yeah, Sting, Sting's fine. I'll Sting's see you in six fine. years, Sting. Yeah. <laughs> I'll see you when you reach the late 60s. Yeah, yeah your you. late 60s. Yeah, then I'll be um, impressed. <laughs> no, Sting, Sting rules. I, I no, love he does. The fact. He's the best. That's like my favorite, one of my favorite things that AEW has done. It's like, wow, this is, they've really, they've really nailed how to do the, him, so use true. him perfectly. Like, completely. You know. I can't believe that he, like, is at this point in his career. It's, I feel like it's so, like, rare in, like, mainstream American wrestling for someone like him to be in the position that he is, like, with someone like Darby Allen, you know, like, this was, like, strange, like, um, synchronicity between the two of them that is, like, felt so natural, like, when he, like premiered and then came out with him and stuff and like was like this is my little protege little cat on the head i I guess i'll ask you what is your do you have a favorite bloody women's match boy it's tough i was just trying to think about the ones in my book i think it was it's probably that kandori hokuta is amazing i mean that's one of the great matches in wrestling history it was in Dream Slam, All Japan Women Dream Slam, and it was what those were like kind of a point where All Japan Women started working with all of the other promotions in Japan uh, as in a promotion they hadn't been doing previously. But they started working with uh, uh, JWP and LLPW and FMW and all these other promotions that also ran Japanese wrestling. They put on these huge super shows with, you know, and this was sort of the peak of. I mean, there were a couple of peaks, but this was certainly one of the peak of Japanese women's wrestling. You had these, you know, this sort of golden generation of women's wrestlers, Aja Kong, Manami Toyota, Kyoko Inoue, the, you know, um, this these Hada, Kidori, these like just transcendent talents. And you had this match between Kendori and Hokuda. And it was kind of, and Hokuda at this point, her nickname was the Dangerous Queen. I'm sure this isn't new to you, but it may be new to you, people who watch. And it was funny because she was the Dangerous Queen, not because she was a danger to others as much as she was a huge danger to herself, right? Like she had famously wrestled with like broken neck and finished a match and, you know, like would be wrapped in bandages, just an absolute psycho. And like, like just completely. Horrifying. Yeah, I mean, an incredible wrestler. But, like, so, like, you know, you think about, I think of her almost as, you know, somebody, like, almost like Sabu in the level of punishment she would take, but also just if Sabu was, uh, you know, was Ric Flair. <laughs> like, 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 or something like that. Like, just an absolute, like, transcendent talent. And then Kandori was, was this, was it, um, I guess the best way to, com- I think, to compare her to somebody that people who aren't familiar with her, but familiar with Almost like, almost like Brock Lesnar, like that kind of aura of just an absolute, like she was an Olympic uh, judo medalist in, in uh, Olympic judoka and like a, just a sort um, at one point early in her career decided, uh, had a problem with Jockey Sato, who's one of the people who ran WP. And so what she did was beat Sato so badly in a match that Sato had to retire. Not great, but the point is that she's somebody who would, who that was part of her legacy, right? Is that she was this person who would run through you in an incredibly uh, brutal way, could not be stopped, a dominant force. And then they have this match where is that sort of, you know, how much punishment can Kindori dish out and how much can Hoka to absorb and how can Hoka to come through that 
and still somehow win, kind of like walk through, you know, hell and and eventually bring the devil down with her. And that was kind of what that match was. And it really is like just an just an epic, like a like a maximalist professional wrestling match in the best way a professional wrestling match can be maximalist, right? And I, I in some ways I, I think as a by heart, I'm somebody who's a fan of minimalist professional wrestling more. But I, but I like when something is, you know, I, I like a blockbuster, and that was what this match was like—an absolute blockbuster. It's just so good, and you know, you, and there's a moment where Kandori uh, uh, pile drives Hokuto through a table, and then Hokuto for some reason has Wally Yamaguchi. Who I think American wrestling fans might be familiar as the guy who was threatened to cut off Val Venus's dick with a sword during the grossest period of the WWA. Uh, so Wally Yamaguchi was a photographer in, J- in Japan, and for some reason Hogan had Wally Yamaguchi blade her instead of blading herself. I don't know why she did that. Never a good idea. One thing I've discovered by talking to wrestlers about blading, never a good idea to have somebody else blade you. And H- so Hogan gets cut too deep, and she is really just, it is one of the more gruesome blade jobs in this book of a book that's about blade jobs and has a lot of other gruesome famous blade jobs in it but Hogan is absolutely saturated in this match in a really sort of terrifying way and when with that sort of history of her being somebody who will take her own health to an extreme level it really adds to this match it's like I don't know I mean she might die in the ring like I, she would somebody she if anybody was going to do it, it it almost felt like she was you know uh, setting herself up to have that kind of end, so it's 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 incredible. If people haven't seen it. I mean, it really is one of the great one of the great matches in wrestling history. And and, and so probably so probably that. Although again, like I said, my the a st- my style is something a little more. Uh, the thing I love most is something that's a little more more uh, you know minimalist. So I, I I'll shout out a match that isn't in my book. Probably also will make. Uh, Way of the Blade Two, but that's Kandori again, who I, who I like. I said is one of my maybe maybe my favorite woman wrestler ever uh, against uh, Yukimiko Hata in LLPW in 1998, which is which has worked more like a UWFI shoot style match, but at some point just has Hoka and decides that she's going to break up a, a submission hold by slamming her head as hard as she can into Kandori's head and then she just starts bleeding from this like her head he's headbutts and so that's really great that's that's a little that's a little less that's that's more like that's more like a safety brothers movie and less like a marvel movie but uh you know so i can appreciate both of those things that's very funny it you is ever seen like that match safety. i haven't seen that match it's, i'm gonna, it's it's I dope oh, anytime kandorian and kandorian uh, hoda were, were something were two wrestlers who had incredible chemistry they and they got, wrestled maybe uh, you know, three or four or five times. This was like a little later. This was in the late '90s, which was a period I think where that that Japanese women's wrestling had sort of lost a little bit of its centrality mm-hmm. in the sort of wrestling nerd. Like it was, you didn't see as many people talking about it on in the places where weirdos talked about obscure professional wrestling gotcha. in Japan as much. So that's like a period that I don't think has been examined as much. But you had this period where Kandori comes over. To, as an invader to all Japan women and captures the red belt. And then she has some very, very cool title defense. Just great, my favorite Manami Toyota match ever because somebody Ugh. not not my it was not is not my bag historically. I, there you could probably go back to the internet 20 years for me shitting up Manami Toyota matches. But I have but my favorite Manami Toyota match ever was her a match against Kid Dory in that period where Kid Dory was 
you know, where they have this really cool, a similar kind of cool styles clash where, where, you know, you know, Toyota was doing her stuff and Kandori was doing her stuff. Like it's a cool mix of stuff, even though it's very different stuff. (laughs) But then that, that stuff comes. I don't think that match had blood in it though, but it's really good. The Hoda Kandori match does have blood in it, obviously. And it's all self-inflicted by Hoda deciding that she's going to, the way she's going to break the submission is by, by smushing her head into Kandori's head as hard as she can. That's like the same thing that happened with John Moxley and Brian Danielson last night. He gave him a sick little headbutt on the outside of the ring and then he just like turns over and i was like did he blade and my boyfriend was like i think that might have been the, he really made it look like it was the headbutt i was like uh, they did he did job. make it i think he did blade i think if you want it i watched that match i watched that match three times last night because it was, right it was yeah, a blade was, last night yeah. and there was a point where if you watch it the third time you could see danielson uh, uh, gets the blade from the referee hands it to moxley and gets it and throws it into the ring but you have to really you have to zapruder film the match to see it like maybe the third time, I was like, oh, "Okay, I caught the blade. Like, oh. I caught the sleight of hand." Uh, it uh, was really well done. But you watch it, you know, you write a book about bloody wrestling. You watch it enough, you start to be able to have, you start to be able to sort of see, you know, catch the catch the moments where that isn't necessarily uh, done perfectly. There's some matches in my in my book where people very bleed very obviously. Oh like, yes, where they're just like covering their little yeah, head. cover their yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this wasn't that. This is very nicely done, but I do not think it was Harley. I think it was a. I think it was. I think it was a play job. Yeah, uh, for sure. Uh, Vince McMahon during all those Bret Hart matches where Bret Hart kept claiming you got he would accidentally be no, I I blood in that match accidentally. That was that wasn't. Oh, there's some glass down there. <laughs> You're like, where? Danielson wanted to bleed. He could have just done the Bret Hart thing. We're just, you know, just so don't. True. It's like, you know, if you, if you, you know, you just don't. Your mom just doesn't want to know you're smoking. Yeah. So you ask for forgiveness, <laughs> not for permission. I guess that maybe Vince would have been like, Daniel, Brian, who knows what he thinks. Yeah, I mean, he's like a 70 year old, you know, 72 year old. He's had a lot of concussions, done a lot of drugs in his life. I don't know whether you can, uh, uh, and I don't know how sane he was when he wasn't before he was doing all that stuff. So I, I don't know exactly how, whether you can, you know, get an idea of exactly what he's going to do. I mean, that was the weird thing about the, you know, the previous four years in this country is that we were basically the country was basically being run by vince mcmahon and it was like somebody who's like a wrestling fan you're like oh fuck yeah <laughs> i know this this whole thing and like linda mcmahon is in our cabinet like it's just not a like i mean you've got your you've got your daughter that there's a weird edible thing going on there you know like you've got the kind of semi-incompetent son-in-law that keeps being put in charge of things you've got the uh, you've got the 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 son who isn't loved by his father at all, but is going to keep on doing crazy shit to try to get his attention, whether it's falling so off true. a cage or setting up a meeting with the Russians. It's like you know, it's it, the parallels are the parallels were pretty stark. I mean, They're pretty to be hurtful. Honest, yeah. <laughs> they kind of hurt a little bit, <laughs> a little too close to home. Vince McMahon also just did like a super long interview with Pat McAfee. It's yeah. like trying to absorb as much as I could. And I was like, this is so gnarly. Like, I don't know why this, like this type of vulnerability from this man, like that isn't, it doesn't feel vulnerable. It feels like strangely. I, I mean, I was talking to, to, you know, to, uh, I was chatting with David Shoemaker over at the ringer and they are doing the Vince a documentary. Oh, wow. And he said, he, he, he told me, he was like, yeah, man, Vince, well, he was, he was, he, uh, he was not, there was no topic that I wasn't willing to talk about. Apparently he just apparently because I was you know he, that's at least you know that's my the little inside information that I got with my uh, but apparently 
Apparently Vince was he was he was he, he was an open book at, uh, for the uh, for the documentary was not was not there was no he, he didn't give him any pre uh, orders beforehand and answered the question. The guy's worked in media his whole life, right? I think he yeah. probably feels that he can you know finesse questions and and you know and, and handle handle that. I mean, I think that was a parallel too, right? I mean, Trump would give these interviews where he would admit to crimes and you know, you're not a lawyer there. And it's like, you know, you know, uh, so I think it is a similar kind of idea. It's like, oh, I don't have reporters. You think this is guy he, is tough? I had to deal with the New York Post in the 80s or whatever. But we it's like the college. exact same thing. It really is. They do have well, so many thing. parallels and they're friends, of course, but it's like, just, you know, like, oh God, it's just, it hurts, doesn't it? Fuck. It's just like too much. Bro. Bro. For us Americans, we're just a fucking like reality show, aren't we? Like yeah. just, it's just all, our whole country is a reality show. It's so silly. I guess I will tell you my favorite bloody minute. Yeah, let me hear it. So I'll start with Megumi Kudo versus Shark, uh, Shark Suchia, which was an FMW. I think it was 1994 or five. It is Megumi Kudo's retirement match. Huh. She is like the emblem of a baby face at the time. Like, obviously she is that like pop star. She was just in a movie before that. She had like multimedia platforms. She was putting out an album. She was just doing so much like, uh, Atsushi Onita was just like pushing her into this like beautiful like, right because you had this weird, this was your period period in the middle of one of the Onita retirements where yes. you'd FMW was tech I mean it was, none of those retirements lasted very long but this is the period where Onita was attempting to uh, shift the promotion away from he he wanted to go into politics yeah and he and wanted I think to Hayabusa uh, was uh, uh, taking over FMW at the time I believe he was he was being in. pushed as the top guy and yeah. I, uh, yeah. I don't think particularly successfully. Just but, trying to fill. I mean, Onita, Onita, it's guy. It's it's very. Try, those are shoes that are, are virtually impossible to fill. Yeah. But also just like just an incredible performer. It's like that's the role you have to fill. And I abuse that had some was a guy with, with some strengths, but in, in some ways, Kudo was the more natural. Uh, the the more natural successor to Onita really than Hayabusa was even Hayabusa was the top of the men's promotion but I think in some ways Kudo was the had that had the, the emotional connection with the crowd that Hayabusa did and I think it was a big blow to FMW I'm not like a, a huge FMW expert but I think it was a big blow to F, as big almost a big blow to FMW when she retired because it was like well now that she was the one who was doing the Onita emotional connection thing totally. and now she's gone too and there isn't anybody to replace her. it is it's so true because she did she was like formed in a in like a mold of his you know what i mean like right. as a type of successor in the way that like aja kong was for like Dom Montsumoto, like when she yeah. just and, and i think there's certainly a lot of chigusa and yeah, kudo sure. as well right oh. is basically doing dollar store dump Matsumoto. That is her gimmick, right? He's, yeah. She's like, yeah. you know what? Did you, you ever see that sure. the, me, the meme on the internet where they say, mom, I want this thing. And then they go, do we have that thing at home? And then they show the picture of that at home and it's the shitty knockoff. Yes. So it's like in a lot of ways, Shark Chichia is like, we, I, I want dump Matsumoto. We have dump Matsumoto at home. I don't know. Maybe but I, so I, th I think it's a matter of problem. I certainly watched in 1995, Crazy. but I don't know if it's a matter of revisited. I do not remember have particularly fond memories of Shark Chia. So it's not she's not somebody who I immediately thought, well let me go ahead and let's let's dig deep into Shark. But you're telling me this is a match I should rewatch. It's just the the is Shark good at it? Am so, I okay am Mikumi, I missing Shark? i I'm not always right on my initial impressions of wrestlers. Like I'm it's often just like wrong. A, um 
I'm often wrong. No, I'm I mean you've got. I'm like you know. I've been writing about professional wrestling on the internet since uh, 1993. <laughs> there is a historical record of things that I have said. You could go back and the things that I've said were just like, "Holy hell!" I said that. Well, that's everybody, right? That? Yeah. I mean, that was an opinion I held, so it's all there. And, you know, you just have to embrace it sometimes. So maybe, and then, like I said, and hey, I remember I, I, I called Tarzan Goto, Tarzan Scroto. This is also 90s writing. And I talked about how shit he was. Tarzan Goto fucking rules. And this is all stuff that I was watching. Like, it's, all, it's not like he, he had a period after I wrote that where he had the career that I appreciated. Now, no, I, I, I just was wrong. I was completely well, wrong about Tarzan Goto. And I could have been completely wrong about Shark Chia. I didn't used to like Yushiaki Fochoar. I, I used to, he used to be a guy I didn't like. He's my absolute all-time favorite wrestler now. And I think the first handful of reviews I had, and I was like, why is this old guy not selling for Kawada? So in my opinion, stink. And they could go back a long time. So it's possible that it's certainly possible that Shark Chia ruled and I was just wrong. Is that right? Am I right? So, is that actually okay. an accurate thing I'm saying? So Shark is not the star of the match. That is <laughs> okay. definitely true. Like this is a Megumi Kudo match. Like this is like her retirement match. It is all about her. Do you know what I mean? And it's such a, it's one of those fucking like redundant, like FMW, like, hellscape matches i'm literally i have to read it because i couldn't remember it no ropes 200 volt double hell double barbed wire barricade double landmine craft glass crushed death and it was in front of like sixteen thousand people so it's just like this the the energy is so thick like you could truly cut it with a knife like it is just like you see these women just like staring at each other across the ring and i guess it's like the the like type of like pull that you feel like you are just on the edge of your seat the whole time because they are doing this like obviously they have these fucking like hells this hell in front of them next to them behind them everywhere so it's like but it's you can tell that shark is there for megumi i feel like she's like putting her over she's doing all this because it is her last match it's just like the slow creeping towards the towards the landmine towards the glass towards the barbed wire like you're just like shaking for them because it's so close and shark had just taken megumi's title off of her so she had really been like trying to get this back and like i'm watching this like you know now and just being like you know i don't imagine people retiring and like winning you know i'm like you would retire you pass on the belt to another person you know so i'm like fuck is she gonna lose this shit this is crazy and it's just this when she throws, when Shark throws Megumi into the, like, the explosions for the first time, it is just so heart-shattering. You're like, holy shit, this is so fucked. <laughs> I mean, I think the the difference between great deathmatch wrestling and a lot of the current deathmatch wrestling is that the, it's not about the explosion. It's about the anticipation of the explosion and the way that you react to after the explosion isn't the thing, right? Whereas a lot of the matches now, it's like the thing is the thing, right? Mm -hmm. But the great ones, it's not about the thing, right? It's an Onita. The thing that makes an Onita match great is not him going into the barbed wire. It's how he reacts before and how he reacts after and the teases and the anticipation and all that stuff. Whereas now it's just like, Oh, the first move is some guy getting hit with a tube of light tubes. It's like, Oh yeah. Yeah, It's like watching jackass or something like that. Where it's like, you know, it's all look at these crazy shit that this guy is doing as much as, whereas the great ones, the great death. And there's still some very, there's very, very good. You know, there are great American death matches in the last five years oh, so not really is what i'm saying yeah. <laughs> i'm doing the preface but i mean it's I nothing, like, there's, there's, eh. there's no onita 
Uh, you know, he, there's nothing like that. I mean, there's no guy. There's yeah. not even the guys who are the best right now. Yeah. They're, they're not Okita. Yeah. In this also, like, Shark had a classically lit Megumi on fire previous to this. Like, that classic shot of her. It's just the most incredible photo of, like, just fire forming at her. And she's just hung over the ropes. Yeah. And it's just, like, she's in this pink outfit. It is just, like, the craziest um, collision of, like, uh, feminine bloodiness. I don't know what it is. It's just very interesting and very alluring to people, I feel like. But like, as they go on throughout this match, it is just, the anticipation is so painful. Like you can feel it everywhere in your body. It is such a good way to tell a story. And I really feel like Megumi was just the perfect baby face. I know I'm not the first person to say that at all. Everybody like thought that she was like the emblem of baby's faces, but like, I, you know, like to the point of like um, Mayu Iwatani from Stardom, uh, wrestling like she was like I feel like made in like a certain type of baby face mold of Megumi like this like sh- just strictly like pure hearted like uh, like love for the crowd and the crowd love for them too you know that is just like maybe like pounded on by someone like Aja Kong or you know right. uh, you know it's like with Joshi wrestling I was always more drawn to the mean butch lesbians beating the shit yes, off those exactly. are always my kind of things like I was like a more I'm like an Aja ball at Kidori yes. you know those Hana those were always my kind of things yes. I, I never had as much I don't know connection to to that to, I mean I like I mean obviously Kuda's great it was great Chigu's yeah. is great I mean, they're all great but you know I, I in some ways I always I my my always that my the thing that always drew me was always like oh okay this is the butch lesbians we had a mean butch lesbians yeah that was like yes because like kagetsu uh from stardom she retired a few years ago but she was like just like this mean butch lesbian like she's just got this paint on her face have you ever seen any of her matches you know i i i haven't and but i'll certainly take some recommendation i am not a joshi wrestling current joshi wrestling is something that is not uh it, it, it kind of has fallen by the wayside a little bit. My match yeah. watching, I watched a handful of it. I, I caught a. I've, I've tried to catch some of the more recommended stuff uh, as uh, in this year. As like I said, now that I can, Joe, you can tell my wife, sweetheart, I've got to. Can you watch kids for a while? So I've got to go downstairs and watch wrestling for my job. Uh, like, you know, like I can do that now. It's like oh, she see the, the, those checks coming to our bank account every week. So it's like they, they're coming. They're, so I can actually say, look, I got to look, honey, I got to go watch this. I got to oh. go. So I watched. I watched. Uh, I watched. Um, I watched a start a match mm-hmm. uh, a, lot, a couple weeks, maybe a week ago. Yeah. If you're going to, if you have time and if you're like trying to see something, just, you know, just doing some research or whatever, um, her Kagetsu versus Mayu Iwatani, there's some really incredible matches and some really vicious shit in there. Like these, these bitches are fucking folding each other in half, like left, right, and center. It is just, she hangs her over the edge of a, um, of a balcony, uh, Kagetsu. Like she hangs Mayu by the neck, like with a chain over the ledge and just drops her down and she rolls down the stairs. It's just like incredible, uh, like fight. We'll have to do a home and home. You'll have to watch that kid Dory Hata match. I'll watch the, uh... I will 100%. But I, I guess that like, I don't know. That's, um, like mostly all I wanted to talk about was just these, you know, these matches, like they're just like the best to me, any type of bloody match. It, it just, there's something about it. I don't think it's, I don't think it's schadenfreude. You know, people say that like seeing people in pain brings people 
joy. I like, mean, you know, there's something fucked up about being a wrestling fan. I, you know, I, 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 I don't. You gotta at least a little bit interrogate yourself and why are yeah. you drawn to this? Totally. I mean, I don't know. I don't you know. If it's, to be I don't know if it's entirely emotionally healthy to be drawn to this or to be this to be the thing that you're like really doing. I can't imagine that it. That's not. A, that's not great. I mean, I, you know, we're all we all are the products of our environments and our we're all we're all uh, we're all built on our scars right who knows why this is the thing that i, I do i know i mean i'm certainly not a a violent person i mean not anymore i mean there's certainly a point in my younger eight days where i may, may have may have cleared a bar or two but you know i'm an old man now i don't have like so maybe it kind of does the it kind of uh scratches that itch which i don't want to scratch anymore but uh there's something about that the way that a lot of especially those great women's matches in japan are framed you know, like in the screen, they really are. They really are. It can be some really incredible visuals. The, 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 the great women's wrestlers are people who knew how to put on like a, like we talked about maximalist stuff, put on really real incredible performance. Even the ones who are, aren't my favorites. I mean, mm-hmm. it's hard to deny what Manami, how Manami Toyota could connect to an audience. The, yeah, the Joshi wrestlers, like they just, there is something about the way that they connect with their fans that really permeates through a screen, like to the person that's watching it. Like, even if it's not your favorite person, you know what I mean? Like, you're just like, whoa. The love for these people is like really very fucking real. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to. I mean, I've got. I, I've tried to. I'm going to try to. I want to find some good 2022 Joshi's. I'd love to write about. I want to write about this in the ring. I mean, one of the things yeah. I like about this this new job is a chance to uh, to show. I want to be able to chance to try to show some people who aren't. Yeah, you know, of course. Like, click on a wrestling article that will read about read about Raw and be yeah. like, oh shit, this sounds weird and cool. Let me let me. Here's a link, you know, here's the link I can click on to watch that. So I'm going to yeah. probably invest in some, I don't want my, you know, at first I, I was one of the reasons I was, ha- so I wrote about, um, um, I wrote about ba- Bianca Belair versus Dewdrop a couple of weeks ago. And I was yeah. like, okay, cool. A good women's match. I don't yeah. want, I don't want my column to be, I can't, it's too much of a sausage party. I got to get some, I got to get some women's wrestling in here. I got to talk about ladies wrestling. Cause like, it's the, I, I'm, a, I'm a fan of it. And I don't, I want, yeah. and there is cool stuff being done. So I'm, I'm hoping, I'm hoping I can, I'm hoping I catch some 20 years. So you, you, You've got to DM me on Twitter if you see some 2020, you know, really recent Joshi wrestling. You watch something from start them on a Wednesday that really catch, catches your, you know, speaks to you because I want to get that in there. I definitely and, uh, will. And, you know, yeah. I, I'm imagining at some point, you know, I'll get some. I got a got a Spasha Slamovich match in this week. I know Mickey Knuckles is going to do something I'm going to love. Oh, at seriously, some point. right? It just—it has to happen. It's—it's it's natural. It's only. I mean, we, natural. we should have probably talked more about. Mickey I know we should have. Damn. Well, okay, we can another time though. Okay, we'll just do a Mickey Knuckles. Do, do a Mickey Knuckles episode. I'm <laughs> up, I'm up for a Mickey Strictly. Knuckles episode. Honestly, yeah. Uh, did you see? Did you see Mickey Knuckles versus Akira from last year? No, I didn't. I'll have to look it up. I'll look yes, it up Mickey. It's 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 the Mickeyest Mickey match. It's so good. <laughs> it's the Mickeyest Mickey match. She's so great in it. And, That's so uh, sick. Yeah, yeah she had a really good match. She had a good, really good match. Right before I started writing the column, she had a, a hair match against Sonica, which was which was really pretty awesome so too. Crazy. And I didn't get a chance to that. That would have made the column for sure if it had happened. Like <laughs> if I had it in the middle of January instead of the end of January, I definitely would have wrote, written about Sonica because I took. Uh, I think I've talked about this on pods before. I took my. Uh, uh, we, there's a lot of lucha libre in Denver, Colorado, which is where I live now. A weird, huge amount. I mean four separate promotions that are uh, i've been to since i've been in denver all running like and they'll bring it frequently bring in stars from mexico so it's negro casas and blue panther and santo and 
uh, Negro Navarro and all, all of these guys I've got to see live over the last couple of years since I've been living here. But I took my son, Negro, the main the show was main evented by Negro Casas Rocky Rivera, which was great. Um, and Sadika was in the the uh, the semi main event. Um, she was her was supposed to be a singles match against the provider who is the kind of sh- one of the kind of shitty local I don't know shitty maybe he's listening the local Denver garbage wrestlers was like a garbage lot of big garbage fed in Denver too for some I've never been to that but he's like one of your local your local like head lead garbage guy in, in Denver so it's supposed to be a singles match but for some reason it got turned into a tag where it was Sadika team with a, a, another like local luchador I didn't recognize and uh the provider teaming with this uh, woman who didn't look like she was super trained but if you kind of imagine i don't know how much sonic you've seen what a what a real disaster would be to put sonic in a ring with somebody who wasn't super trained and i'm here with my five-year-old son and i and it's like there's a moment where sonic is just driving a light tube into this girl's head and i'm like looking over it's like zach here's dad's phone <laughs> play video games on dad's phone anything Close else anything else it's like i am a terrible father i just wanted some genial lucha libre i did not want to see the, this woman is turning white and pasty and going into shock in the middle of the ring like eddie, like eddie guerrero after the jbl yeah. match yeah she was, she was like, like she was like turning gray and oh, i was like oh this is call an ambulance zach let's you want to go outside <laughs> I love the sun. Let's go see it. Let's yeah, go look straight at it. Buddy. <laughs> something. Oh my gosh. Anything. Anything but this, please. Oh my gosh. Like, so that, but that was Pina. So she's she's the one who's bringing it really for the ladies and the and the horror, I think, in 2022. Her and Mickey are the are representing that that particular side Truly. of this whole thing. That's like I guess like why I wanted to like make the because my podcast is just like talking about women's wrestlers that I that I like just super duper love or admire or think that they're very interesting and, you know, like talking about them with like the same like seriousness that people talk about like men wrestlers, you know, and like all the prestige like television shows that like don't focus as much on like the women that were also there and, you know, did certain things to, sure, you know, like that uh, contributed oh, yeah, pre- to pre- it. Well, the, the, the prestige television show were just like, were the, the role one of the woman. In, so the, the role of the woman was to, 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 harangue whatever the male lead is about whatever he's doing and i remember this is where we're going off topic do you ever watch world war z i did not see that not no. great it's okay <laughs> but there's some there's a so, so what's going on in world the plot of world war z is there's a zombie apocalypse right so there is a zombie apocalypse overtaking the earth where zombies are killing everybody and the brad pitt character in that movie is i guess like sort of like is a u.n um, guy who would come into crisis spots with the UN and help or something like that, like an adventurer. And so he gets called into sort of service here during the zombie apocalypse. And there, I swear to God, is a scene where his wife's like, you promised you weren't doing this anymore. I'm like, motherfucker, this is a zombie apocalypse. You have to write you have to write this role for this woman in this situation where she's actually gonna do the you said you were done. It's like, yeah, he, he probably was, but you know, there's the zombies killing everybody. Like, so it feels like like why do they feels like this particular this fucking wet blanket may be a little unnecessary in the script for this. But it's just like a cow, so we're gonna write the wife character, right? The only way we could write her is if she's complaining, right? There's no other way for her to exist in this movie. Like, Outside of somebody who's going to bitch about fucking Brad Pitt going to fight zombies. 
It's like even in the apocalypse movie, the wife has to be like, "You work too much." Yeah, and it's exactly. Like, what the fuck? Like, yes. what the fuck? Yeah. What Everybody's was he? What was he? My favorite version. I was like, "Oh my!" I like laughed out loud in the theater. I was like, "Holy hell!" Everybody's dying, Linda. We, I have to help them. Like, what are we talking about here? I don't think Linda's going to give a fuck. When Linda's legitimately has her place in the in the secure UN bunker and has not been eaten by the zombie because this guy's got one of his skills. But no, I gotta 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 write Linda's a haranguing bitch wife. God, that role that role has to exist in a movie. You can't have a movie without it for some reason. You cannot break this stereotype for one fucking second. Well, we <laughs> casted a woman, right? What else are we gonna have her do? She she's gonna fight a zombie? What oh, the fuck she's in this movie, about? right? What are we gonna she has to be mad that he's working. She needs him around to help the kids. It's just so fucking weird. It's just the weirdest shit. And yeah. that is like also because like that is just how we write women and like in everything. So when, you know, like it is brought to like a mainstream thing and like wrestling, like is just naturally going to follow like that, that type of formulation, you know, but like it is like naturally subverting societal misogyny. misogyny, totally. And that, but like also it's like women wrestling, you know, women wrestlers like is the exact like subverted like what like a feminine person is supposed to be you know what i mean like it's that completely like changing what the traditional like role of what like a woman is in in american society i can only speak for i guess specifically because i don't know shit about anything else but like you know docility type of nurturing and everything like that and i guess that like when women are wrestling it is like just subverting those completely and then when we still have to follow those like in, we're in the apocalypse, but the woman is still mad that her husband's working. <laughs> like it feels like that same thing. It does. It's so funny. But yeah, no, it's cool. I mean, I think that is one of the cool. Th- I mean, to give uh, you know the credit to to, to WWE and AEW. I think you know you know there is a they have moved away from uh, women being there to just walk around in bikinis. Totally. Yeah. I mean, then, it, I mean, AEW. I think it has doesn't really have any of that, but you know, WWE still does a little bit. But but they are, you know, they do both focus on you know this this they'll main event a night of WrestleMania with a women's match, and and it'll be a great match. And so that's you know I think something you have to give them. I may be right. loath to give them too much credit for anything, but I think that's something you have to give them credit for for sure because you just that is not something you'd seen. I mean, I was talking a little bit. Uh, uh, we were doing. I did the post show with the Ringer on that. An elimination chamber and they were talking about Lita and they were like oh you know she seemed like she was getting a little gas near the end well she is pretty old and I'm like also man she never worked anything longer than a four minute match her entire career before that right like she was, exactly. that was, like, match was like 15 minutes long she never worked a 15 minute singles match and those you know even the matches that are finally remembered against Trish those were like five and a half minutes long literally right? yeah like the the Monday like what everybody talks about you know when they uh headlined Monday Night Raw for the first time her and Trish um like I think that match is straight up eight minutes long and like yeah. that is like that had people, to be the long that had to be a yeah. long previous long singles match it's such, so the fact such that, a good point like the fact that she didn't Banks, even just yeah it's actually, those, she gets 25 minutes somebody's too long yeah Sasha Banks like comes out number one as the Royal Rumble contestant she's in there for an hour and she's like I could keep going. It's just yeah. like that's just not the same. It's not the same dynamic as it as it was for Lita. It's so true. Yeah, she's like one of my, you know, like the first wrestler that got me interested in wrestling as a young as a young girl from like where I um saw wrestling coming up, you know. I was so, so- this is how old I I am. I I knew her pre 
Did you WWE, know? like when she was just a, somebody in a, a, C, a, a, a DC punk rock scene. Strip. Like, I was like, I was like, I know, I read, I've seen that girl with the black cat. Oh, cool. She's on TV now. Amy's doing that. Amy's doing this. Yeah, I know Amy. So that's, that's how old, so that's if you're wondering how old I am. That, that's like, <laughs> I go back to, I knew, I knew Amy from, you know, dismemberment playing shows in the 90s or fucking <laughs> in DC. And like, uh, um, but yes, as somebody who grew up though in that DC, punk rock scene i, I something a little, i was like oh man she took the saudi money huh i don't know if ian mckay would like her taking the saudi money i feel like i feel like her positive force uh, uh veteran crew here might look a little askance the saudi money that's i guess we all look hey hey we already i already established my willingness to take saudi money that's a that's on record on this podcast earlier so I'm, i have a little bit in the glass house but that was my that was what was my little thoughts like hey you know yeah. If anyone wants to know, they could listen to this and they'll know. He'll be like, he'll take the Saudi money. We know it. I will take I will take I work for Spotify. <laughs> Spotify, that's great. Listen to all your podcasts on Spotify, everybody. Please, everybody. <laughs> uh, it, like, it just cuts. And then you're and <laughs> Phil, Phil just disappeared. Hey, thank you so much for talking to me this whole time. This has been this so is nice. Fun. This I appreciate is it, Alexa. We'll, we'll have to do a home at home. I'll have to have you on Way to the Blade. I would love to. I would love to talk about some women, one of the women's matches in your book with you. Yeah, no, nobody's talked about, we, we, I, kudo Toyota. I haven't talked about the match yet. So. Oh, I would love to. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll put you, I'll put, I'll pencil you in my spreadsheet for Oh, please kudo do. Toyota. Thank you so much for this. This has been so fun. For yeah, real. This was great. It's so nice to meet you. I hope I can talk to you again soon. And thank you so much. I really appreciate it. If you happen to make it this far, I wanted to say thank you so much. Queen of the Ring is created by me, Alexa Pruitt. The music is by Kreider Dane of Helter Skelter Music Productions. If you like what you hear, join us again. Thank you. Thank you.